and we are recording on Monday, November 21st, 2022, episode 996. So close, so close to a thousand. Should be tomorrow. Um, with Mr. James Catullus, who's been on here, you've been on here a couple times before, and um, you actually brought it up, and I I, I thought it was a good idea was to discuss FTX, the FTX scandal, what is allegedly a uh, has been postulated to be a uh, a kickback scheme. But I, I don't know if that's uh, a certainty. So I don't want to slander anybody. Um, but before we jump into it, James, introduce yourself for everybody, man. Uh, sure. Yeah. So my name is James Catullus. I do a couple different things. I run a hedge fund. I have on capital management. Uh, we have an award-winning crypto fund as well called the Leonidas Cryptocurrency Fund, uh, where we've successfully avoided all the scummy crypto projects such as $0 and FTX or FTT exposure, none in Celsius, Luna, Terra, uh, Genesis, uh, EOS, none of those. So uh, we're actually about flat on the year, uh, which is pretty good in a down 65% market. Um, and then, uh, I run a law firm. So in the middle of running the hedge fund back in, uh, 2011, and then again, in 2013, I wound up as lead customer counsel, uh, pro bono in two major bankruptcies. So the MF global bankruptcy, uh, which was caused by one of Obama's biggest donors, John Corzine, uh, taking over 1.6 billion from the customer segregated trust accounts, which has, um, raised a lot of parallels with FTX. Uh, there's a lot of similarities with that case. Uh, then I also helped on a smaller bankruptcy pro bono called PFG, helped recover about 300 million assets there. Um, and I'm actually a whistleblower against my own regulator, the National Futures Association, whose executive committee I was on after all this. So, um, you know, every day there's a, a new little uh, corner of the financial world that needs to, to get cleaned up, unfortunately. I feel like that's probably part and parcel, especially for the financial world, not to be some some market hating commie. I'm not, but it does seem to history shows that it tends to be second, maybe behind like the military industrial complex, one of the more sketchy, uh, sketchy industries or markets. Could you explain exactly what the FTX story is? I mean, I would like to say for my listeners, but more than anybody for myself, could you explain what exactly is? I mean, I know it's a cryptocurrency, but like why is this different than any other one going belly up? Um, well, so it's it, it's a very large one to begin with, right? So FTX was a crypto exchange. There's actually about 130 different entities that are involved. Um, and it really got a lot of the quote unquote smart money and connected money. So you have some of the biggest venture capital firms, biggest investment banks and asset managers on Wall Street all uh, bought into like the general partner, right, of the whole um, business there, right? Um, and you also have a lot of apparent political co contributions. It seems most of those are to the Democrats, but, uh, um, you know, if you follow the money, it, what it appears at this stage is that a lot of the taxpayer money that went to the Ukraine supposedly for military aid, um, you know, was voted on by the Dems, sent to Ukraine, and then when looks to have gone back through, um, you know, FTX. And then FTX was like the second largest donor to Biden. And a lot of 
other Democrats. And then you've got one, Senator Gilligan from New York, that said she's going to donate the campaign contributions to charity, which to me is one of the most like selfish, tone deaf things you could do, mm-hmm. given that you're looking at at least $8 billion in customer money that's gone out of accounts that they were promised in writing were segregated. And so are we actually going to see repercussions from this? I mean, is this just a is this just a shaking a fist at the sky or I mean, because if I'm correct, did, didn't he flee the United States? I don't know if he's back, but didn't he like get on a plane and someone was tracking it to like South America or something? Yeah. So, uh, you know, FDR is based in the Bahamas, which, by the way, has called for criminal charges. There's been no call that I've seen from any U.S. regulator or Department of Justice. Um, for arrest warrant or anything like that. You know, to me, you know, as an attorney, if I see $8 billion at, at least missing, um, where it looks like he may have as much as $3.3 billion himself, um, you know, to me, arrest warrant is kind of job one, right? That, that, that's how I would handle it. But, uh, um, you know, I'm not the attorney general, for, for better or for worse. Um, sorry, the call was coming in. Um mm-hmm. But, but so he's in the Bahamas, yeah, and to me, you know, I'm a big believer in Occam's razor, which is like the simplest explanation is oftentimes the, uh, the, the correct explanation. And I saw his flight tracker of, you know, his private jet, which he apparently bought with stolen customer money, uh, flying to Argentina, which is a non-extradition state. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, they try to do the Jedi mind trick saying he's not in, on the plane, he's in the Bahamas. You know, my gut was that he actually was in Argentina, though on TikTok, there's now video of him like running around the Bahamas, apparently. So it is possible he is still in the Bahamas, though people could always, um, you know, edit metadata. So um, I I cannot personally say with certainty uh, which uh, non-U.S. country he is currently in. I mean, I shouldn't laugh. I mean, it's an awful situation. No, also just kind of farcical. I mean, you can't you can't help. But I mean, primarily because like Argentina, I mean, there's not exactly a good uh, historical echo of people fleeing there. I mean, if you want to go back to 1945, there are a lot of communists, right? I mean, (laughs) so he'd be in good company there. Not only that, but you're also looking at, uh, I don't know, uh, a one Dr. Mengele, maybe an Adolf Eichmann, you know. They also fled to Argentina. Not exactly the Hashtag best. Awkward. awkward. Yeah, you know, some U-boats went there. So, you know, Mossad went and captured Adolf Eichmann there. Not exactly. Uh, you don't go there if you've done nothing wrong. Not to slander Argentina. I'm sure they're wonderful people. But uh, look, I've been to Argentina. They got really good steak. They sure got good callbacks. Nice people. Right. Um, I don't think I have to worry about getting extradited, hopefully. But, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, but this should be. And, you know, as I get older over the years, older, I'm 32, but even just compared to two years ago and two years before that, the naivety is slowly boiling off, kind of like the sun removing the fog in the morning to where, yeah, evil kind of gets away. And no, it's not always it's not always uh, justice isn't always brought in some cases like yours against Corzine, you did, which is brilliant. Um, Well, to some extent, but a lot of people don't know this. I actually wrote an indictment for him. Um, There used to be a provision under Tennessee law where a private citizen could actually pursue a criminal prosecution 
And then that law in the middle of me working on this was changed because a Tennessee Titan football player skipped out on a cab fare and the cab driver went to the magistrate and swore out a felony warrant against them. And this became big news in Tennessee and they changed the law saying you actually need a magistrate to sign a felony warrant there. So I actually wrote, in conjunction with the Northwestern Law Investor Protection Center, we wrote an indictment and a charging memo turnkey presented to the Attorney General of Tennessee. Um, you know, I get mail read notifications on my, on, on my emails. They still open it periodically. It's been opened like at least 50 times, but no one has actually prosecuted the um, uh, felony theft indictment that I wrote for, for, for Corzine. And more importantly, the Obama administration was very subtle about this. Again, he was one of Obama's biggest campaign uh, donation bumblers, um, but they ran out the statute of limitation on federal uh, pro criminal prosecution on him. And the la Obama's last week in office, they settled the civil charges against him for 1.6% of his net worth. So $5 million when he stole about 1.6 billion, which actually caused 6.7 billion to be frozen um, for a long time. So, um, you know, I, I call Corzine Obama's Mark Rich. Um, Obama was much more subtle than Clinton and, in, in, mm -hmm. you know, bringing this kind of de facto pardon about. But it's something that no one has really held Obama or his predecessor Biden accountable for. And then you look now, you're 11 years later after that global bankruptcy, and you see another major Democratic donor through the Democratic president receiving massive amounts of donations from someone who had uh, uh, stolen, uh, apparently, from customer segregated funds. And by the way, Gary Gensler is now chairman of the SEC, had given Sam a lot of access um, you know, to both the SEC and the CFTC gave FTX a lot of access to into U.S. regulators, where they were essentially in the front of the line to be one of the first you know, properly regulated U.S. crypto exchanges. Okay, but Gensler was Corzine's buddy at Goldman, and he dealt with Corzine on his personal email, just like um, Hillary did to avoid federal records retention laws, right? And then Gensler essentially recused the entire CFTC from having a, a supremely active role in the MF Global bankruptcy. So in MF Global, you had 38,000 commodity customers, and there were something like maybe a couple hundred securities customers. But Gensler let the Securities Industry Insurance Corp handle the liquidation of Global instead of having the CFTC, um, you know, supervise it. So I wound up doing the CFTC's job for free as a 30-year-old attorney who had never taken a class in bankruptcy and had my 23-year-old little sister with an advertising degree and a commodity broker, John Rowe, whose dad was a congressman. And that was my staff, okay, fighting against trustees who billed $2.6 with a B in fees jesus so 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 sam bankman is this guy's not an idiot this guy's playing with like the uppermost demons if you will of uh yeah. the financial industry well both and, his girlfriend's parents and his are very entrenched with the democratic power structure so back to my initial statement like is it naive to say something should be done about this? Or is this one of the things where you like you pat him on the head and you're like, you're like evil gets away. The demon, as Bill Hicks said, we kill all this. We kill all the saints and the demons run amok. I mean, but 
if this is really from aid to Ukraine being funneled through, allegedly, through FTX and back to Democratic campaigns, I mean, I feel like this should be like a softball case. Or is that, or is it, that my it, own it, naivety? I mean, if the DOJ is motivated. And, you know, the problem is, you know, the DOJ is, is the only U.S. institution that could prosecute federal criminal crimes, right? The FBI investigates them. You have the SEC or the CFTC make criminal referrals, but Department of Justice has has to do it. And you have an inherent conflict of interest in that the DOJ reports to the president, and then the president has received $50 million from this guy, right? So we ran on the same thing in MF Global. So in MF Global, my biggest ally in Congress was a guy named Michael Grimm from Staten Island. I was a former Marine former FBI agent had went deep undercover to bust a mob-owned hedge fund, almost got killed in that, right? And look, he's a rough-talking guy from Staten Island. He was a Tea Party Republican. A lot of people did not like him. Like, the Tea Party had named him the number one most targeted seat in Congress while all this was going down. And Grimm got Corzine to lie under oath. Um, We collaborated on a letter to Eric Holder proving that Corzine committed perjury in Congress because he testified before Congress. He, quote, simply didn't know where the customer money was. And then the CFTC complaint came out later and the CFTC, to their credit, went through all the tape lines and they got him on tape lines moving the customer money to meet Corzine's margin call on his own personal trading. Okay, but the FBI didn't even question Corzine for over a year after MF Global with 1.6 billion missing out of blocks, right? So Grimm goes to the Attorney General and says, we need to have an independent counsel appointed because there's a conflict given that Eric Holder is appointed by Obama. Obama is a, is a recipient of millions of dollars of donations from Corzine's bundling activities. And what does Holder do? He starts a federal probe against Michael Grimm. Jesus. Okay? So the first thing they do is they created a completely fabricated fundraising scandal on the front page of the New York Times claiming that he illegally took campaign money from Israel. This was out there for over a year, completely debunked. There was no there there. No charges came out of it. Um, From what I see, it was completely fictional. Okay, so what do they do? They indict him on 37 counts of tax evasion. They wound up getting him to plead guilty on one count. Okay. And now keep in mind, Corzine um, took one more than a billion out of SEG funds, right? Wasn't even interviewed by the FBI for a year. Grimm, you know what the count they got him on? What? So something like 10 years or so before he was in Congress, he owned a health food store called Health Alicious. Health and they claimed that he didn't pay the payroll taxes for his delivery drivers oh, at Health Alicious. You cocksuckers. Corzine stole from Barbers, Ranchers, Coca-Cola, Southwest Airlines, Coke Industries, um, 38,000, you know, retirees, hedge funds, companies that were hedging out global, a year for him to get interviewed by the FBI. Grimm, 10 years before, for bringing this to, to demand that the attorney general do something about it, they, he literally served nine months in jail, okay, for not paying payroll taxes on his restaurant delivery drivers. So this then, so it's all the more impressive that you were actually able to, uh, I guess, reclaim or win back any of the funds uh, for Corzine's, I guess I would say customers, but victims. So it's not entirely impossible because you did it. And it was the largest in history, if I'm correct. 
the eighth largest bankruptcy in U.S. history. So what would it take for charges or any sort of justice, even if 1% or a token justice to be brought against uh, Bankman Freed or Fried? Would it, would it take yeah, so, would it take you? So, well, let's see. I mean, I, I'm talking to several customers in FTX. There is a possibility that I get involved in, in running a what's called a customer committee within the bankruptcy. Um, God knows I'm not afraid to call you know, know a spade not. a spade. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's tricky, right? Because I am regulated by the SEC and the CFTC. I'm a federal whistleblower. Um, but, you know, they've tried to mess with me in the past. And, you know, I'm a hard guy to fight with. But, uh, um, you know, I've got no problem calling for Gensler to resign. He should be resign. He should resign. There should be special counsel to probe, you know, his activity, should probe the CFTC's activity. Um, but, you know, you asked me what's going to take, and in MF Global, I didn't just go to court, right? I went to court a lot. I was a lead trial attorney. I was in every single hearing, right? And, and you know, advocated loudly in almost every hearing and, you know, created um, a, a plan with Susan Osmansky and John Rowe uh, that the judge actually wound up accepting over the trustee from Lehman Brothers for an interim distribution. So we were able to get like $4.2 billion out in about 10 weeks um, when the trustee wanted to make people wait nine months for a penny, right? So we had a very large immediate impact, but the way we got the money back finally was using the media. You know, people like you, like Rick Santelli, who some consider the founder of the Tea Party, Rick had me on um, roughly once a week through the entire bankruptcy. Um, you know, and he allowed me to be, you know, aggressive and, you know, point out that J.P. Morgan had, you know, five different conflicts in the bankruptcy, right? And, it, you know, I was so antagonistic that they actually Kanye'd me 10 years before Kanye got kanye So really <laughs> Kanye got Catullus, but you know, they closed my bank accounts and credit cards in the middle of this, uh, which then I tweeted the letter of them doing this and Business Insider wrote a story about it 16 minutes after I tweeted it, had it published, right? And then it was in the New York Times, it was in Forbes. And that really embarrassed them into um, settling the case. Right. Because they were taking so much reputational heat. But, you know, they they called Santelli and they actually threatened him for pulling all of J.P. Morgan Chase's uh, advertising nationwide if they kept having me on. So there was actually a period where I was on Bloomberg more than CNBC during this. Um, but, you know, long story short, we have a different media climate now. Yeah. Right. It's really hard to get any kind of mainstream press where you're talking about, you know, taxpayer to Ukraine to FTX to buy them. You can't get them. Um, they, they don't want to talk about that. So, you know, like guys like you having me on and, you know, getting circulation this way is super important. And I think even beyond that, the Dems are going to have to hear outrage from their base. Yeah. You know, so, if I, you know, out of all the victims, it looks like eight billion plus, you know, if any of those are Democrats or leave the Democratic district, they got to do what we did at MF Global and aggressively tweet at their Congress, uh, congressional representatives, call their office. Every office has a dedicated person answering the phones and talking to constituents. And that's the one thing they care about. Right. Yeah. And, you know, this conveniently came like a couple days after the midterm. Yeah. Right. So you've got two years before you can hold anybody accountable in general. So people have to stay mad about this for two years to demand independent counsel and say, if you don't, if you don't give the money back to the estate, not to charity, but to the estate where it could go back to customers, Okay, I am going to campaign against you, even though I'm a Democrat. Like yeah. that's what's going to take is for their own party to say 
I care more about the rule of law and making sure that we don't let the Bahamas be more first world than us in terms of the pursuit of criminal charges here. And I'm going to vote against you if you don't abide for the rule of law. And that's what we're missing in this country. That's why we have a two-tier justice system, because there aren't a lot of people like me who will put their own business risk, businesses at risk to advocate that the rule of law is the most important thing in the U.S. Well, we're also, I mean, we're also kind of seeing a manifestation of of really no one willing to even get uncomfortable. Like, you have people on YouTube talking about the importance of the First Amendment and not being censored. But they, you, not one of them will interview a Dr. Malone, a Dr. McCullough. If I can get in touch with them, if I can interview them each multiple times, multiple months before they ever went on Rogan. There's no excuse for it. So you yeah, have... I got to tell you, Malone in particular, like I know him personally. He was involved with Let's Go Brandon Coin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out Let's Go most... Brandon Coin and the and the Let's pin go, on your shirt for anybody Brandon watching. Coin. I'll I'll put the link to all that stuff in the description. I uh, got, got a rep, even though it's been a rough year. But, uh, um, but Robert Malone, man, what a classy, thoughtful, articulate man. He's like one of the kindest people I've ever yeah. met. We'll talk about individual cases of people who've had myocarditis, um, you know, blood cancer, all the awful side effects that came out of this undisclosed, mandatable or ma mandated um, science experiment that is my view is a violation of the Geneva Convention, right? And that is the guy you're going to censor and deplatform. Um, you know, and, and, and people, look, people are waking up. I mean, you know, you look at what happened in Florida where DeSantis instituted voter ID, right? Ran like tight ships in elections where they, you know, counted 7.7 .7 million votes in one day, like the day after a hurricane, by the way. It's right? insane. And you, you yes. see Florida, you know, Florida used to be a punchline. You know, now, you know, it's make America Florida, right? right. And, you know, you need more people to, to follow the hope that we have for the rest of the, the country in terms of, you know, having elections with integrity, you know, with pushing back against, you know, this like child grooming stuff, pushing back against vax mandates, which, by the way, everybody who is, you know, pro, I don't even call them vaccines, but pro jabs, mm -hmm. right? Go to Florida where we only had 10 weeks of, of, of really kind of any COVID restrictions. Um, we actually have the highest uh, level of antibodies in the country too. What a right? surprise. So like we're the most immune. And, you know, you see it now, like people in New York are getting sick again because, um, you know, Omicron and these later variants, you actually have negative efficacy. You take the jabs, you're actually more susceptible for subsequent variants. And, uh, you know, you talk about that up until a couple months ago, you were banned from all, you know, social media channels. And I think what we're seeing is, <clears throat> so let's let's try to, Let's try to unpack it. We saw a, a uniform and lockstep approach to all censorship revolving around the COVID vaccine, right? YouTube, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And then on what's today's the 21st. So 21 days ago on October 31st, 2022, the Intercept article came out. The DHS leaks, the Department of Homeland Security, how not only uh, was the Biden administration actively working with with nightly shows, comedians, even SNL, they were actually they were actually putting memos forward for ideas for uh, skits to shame and to ostracize the the anti-vaxxers, which really starts to make you think about that uh, Stephen Colbert bit with the vaccine that 
dystopian dance he did. But then we're also seeing one because that much I think anyone could have guessed. But what we're also seeing is the existence of actual government portals into the back ends made by and in communication with Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. An actual violation because I was as much as I hate YouTube and and iTunes and all these things for for banning me. I've always said maybe maybe I'm just a cuck, but I've always said they're private companies. They can do whatever they want. They are free and they are free to shoot themselves in the foot. As much as I don't like that, I do stand by that. What they are doing by having back end portals for the government to suggest and have a an expedited front of the line. We don't like this thing. Can you flag it and take it down? That's a violation, and that is a streamlined, mechanized violation of the First Amendment. That wasn't a one-off. That wasn't a bad apple. That was. It happened so much they had actually. You don't accidentally make a back-end portal. You code that. Right. That is maintained. You don't accidentally. It's, it's like accidentally set up your own email server. You might accidentally. I slipped. Oh look, there's an email server. Like, you oh, might accidentally like. Oops blow up a propane tank but you don't accidentally 1933 germany doesn't accidentally start manufacturing tanks it it is an intense intentional thing so my point of saying all of this is is i don't think it is wild to assume that we'll find out in a year or two years that if you can see something so clearly like a year and a half ago the 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 coordinated suppression of covid vaccine data and now we're finding out that there was back ends into it. And then you only have to. Well, so that. on the back end portal stuff, I assume, you know, DC Drano, a.k.a. Rogan mm-hmm. O'Hanley, mm-hmm. you know, he is actually he found evidence that the state of California, I believe it was, was colluding with Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, to I remember that. Him. So he's litigating that. So, Good. you know, he's someone who's actually had the stones to take him a court. And I want to say they have a major hearing December 6th. Uh, uh-huh. It's been a couple of weeks since I talked to him about it, but like Rogan's a great guy. I've tried to friend, get him on here. Know. He never responds. Really? I'll yeah. ask. I'll I've emailed him. him. Please do. That would be amazing. Rogan, I love him. Rogan's the man. I okay? love him. But he, he's one of the few attorneys, like, you know, the trial bar, you know, does, you know, does some bad things. They do some good things, but they lean predominantly left. Right. And he's one of the few conservative activist attorneys like me. You know, we're willing to take you to the court. Because mm-hmm. um, let me tell you, it's not easy, man. Suing City Hall is not easy. Suing no. these big donors, man, it's like years of your life, um, you know, going up against people with multi-billion dollar war chests. Um, yeah. You know, it's very hard to sue City Hall and win. But, you know, I've done it once. Um, you know, I'm looking at ways to help, you know, an FTX and, and possibly do it again. But Rogan is doing it on, on the free speech, you know, government collusion um, angle. So hats off to him. Absolutely. Um and and everything I'm saying from this point is speculation. But my point is, is if we have all these things, which were once and by once, I mean, 18 months ago, postulated. And now we're seeing again, you don't accidentally code a back end. Wasn't a one off. Somebody hands a, a note to somebody in the halls of Congress. We're actually seeing a, a system. Well, then let's go one step further and look at the corruption within government. I don't think it's that absurd to think there was probably direct lobbying from Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Johnson and Johnson. So if that's the the money, man, exactly. If that's the case and we're seeing the DHS leaks that they didn't want to just do vaccines, they wanted to expand to the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the border inflation rates, which what a surprise. Once we opened the Overton window, they just kept shoveling shit through. I don't think it is. And I speak for myself and not Mr. Cthulhu's. I don't think it is that absurd to think that we'll find out in months or years 
that there is a direct backend portal or at the very least a suggestion for no one to cover the FTX scandal because everyone in power that has those backend portals seem to have their fingers in the pies of FTX. I mean, maybe I'm a wild conspiracy theorist. Like I haven't heard that before, but that I would I would make that I would make that assumption on Monday, November 21st, 2022, that we will eventually find some leak or something that that is happening. So maybe but maybe it does. Maybe it does take you. You know, I can complain about people not interviewing Malone or McCullough and then eventually realize that who's going to do it. Well, you look in the mirror and you go, well, why not me? Or you taking Corzine to court, eventually you realize, well, if no one's doing something, maybe I have to do something. I don't know how to do anything against Sam Bankman-Fried. I didn't know about it until a week ago. But that's absurd. That's a special kind of evil, to take war aid and funnel it through FTX back to the party giving. And who knows? Maybe it's just my own naivety as I get older and then I realize, well, this has probably been going on forever. I mean, Kennedy didn't exactly get into office without the help of the mafia and his his father's bootlegging business. But still, it doesn't make it right. And it's disgusting. Um, I don't know, man. I think that you do need to do it. Not to not to make you Superman and throw it on your back, but I think you need to spearhead this. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it's honestly it comes down to enough customers thinking, you know, I'm the guy, right? And you know, I'm getting, you know, now I actually have, after 11 years of, of quietly, you know, fighting, you know, some more bad guys, uh, you know, in arbitrations and whatnot, like, you know, my, I have a, a real legal operation. It's not just, you know, me and my little sister and yeah. God anymore. So, um, what would you what would you need for that to go forward? Is there anything I can do? Are there any I've had on some I've had on uh who was it? I think RFK Jr.'s lawyer, the guy that fought and successfully won and beat against Monsanto. I mean, I know some people. I mean, is there anything I can I don't know, maybe we should be talking about this off air. But is there Yeah, is I there... mean it's it's really just, you know, people with large, you know, exposure as customers to FTX if they just email me. You know, they can go to CatulusLaw.com and there's uh, a contact form. You know, just just tell me about the case. And, um, you know, it's different. Like in MF Global, I mean, I was getting thousands of phone calls, you know, a day. It's like, you know, asking for help. So it's, uh, um, and I had more direct involvement there because two of my big customers had chosen to clear their separately managed accounts there. Um, you know, FTX, like we were smart enough to, you know, read the white right on the wall that he was full of shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we never put, put a dollar there. Um, so we have, we have no direct exposure, but you know, I'm, I'm not someone who wants to sit by and see, you know, 8 billion go out the window for these, you know, four victims, you know, and you know, there's a lot of those people who couldn't afford to take those hits. Right. So, you know, if I can help, I will. Help. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know I got to let you go in five minutes, but, uh, Real, real quick, how 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 were you able to someone like myself, a total layman? What were the things that you could look at him and go, "He's full of shit." I I just don't touch any of it because I I don't I take Warren Buffett's advice. If you don't understand it, don't invest in it. And so I take my knuckle dragging knowledge and go, "All right, just don't do that." But someone like yourself, how how do you look at him? Because I imagine he well, would, so the, he would so take me first... for a ride. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I know the signs of con man. Like, I have a bullshit okay. detector, right? Like, I, you know, like, I started my hedge fund on my credit cards in a financial crisis. Like, I know what it takes 
you know, to do, you know, like hard work and yeah. take risks and be successful and, you know, weather storms and like build an actual business with like operations and compliance and all of that. And then I know people who just talk bullshit. And, you know, the number one thing is if anyone ever sells you something that's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's supposed to be a cliche, but people ignore it time and time again. And like major VCs who, you know, get paid absurd fees to do due diligence on deals, they did no due diligence. Like their auditors were bullshit. Like they didn't have a board. They didn't have a CFO, you know. Um, you know, sure they put in writing that they had, you know, account segregation, but like it's crypto, like that's, you know, that's worth the paper it's printed on. There is no, you know, legal designation for that. Um, you know, at least when we looked at them, they didn't have what's called a SOC 2 um, internal controls audit, right? Which all, you know, the major platforms have now, right? And, you know, that if they don't have that, like we don't put a dollar money there, gotcha. you know, so the, you know, crypto.com, Coinbase, Gemini, they all have that. Gotcha. Right. Um, and then then you look at, you know, the signs of narcissism, like throwing millions and millions of dollars, um, you know, around and, you know, campaign contributions, like bailing out everybody. And, the you know, so that happens since the, the crypto winter in May, like where are they getting the money from that? Are there that many people, you know, trading on FTX? Like it just none of that you know, made any sense. So, you know, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably a fraud. I mean, especially in crypto. Yeah. You know, and in crypto too, like there's one really important premise, right? And that it all originated, you know, blockchain exists out of decentralization, right? And it's trustless because it takes, you know, a thousand plus computers to authenticate a single transaction. Now, as soon as you go back to an exchange, you're re-centralizing the access to the decentralized protocol oh. and you're creating a single point of failure. Uh, okay, so the question is, why do you ever want to do that? Why do you want to go in exchange? Now, crypto funds, we have to sometimes, right? To trade yeah. it actively, right? But, you know, if you look at the strides made in like DeFi, which, you know, has some of its own issues, right? But at least decentralized exchanges, you don't have that single, um, you know, point of failure. You have a similar open source auditable code that you have in Bitcoin itself. So, you know, no one has ever hacked a decentralized crypto transaction, but there's been tons of hacks, tons of frauds at the re-centralization points. So you've got to do your due diligence anytime you look at a accessing it through a centralized entity. There are some similarities between that and, uh, you know, if you want true decentralization, you look at uh, you look at the nuclear triad of the U.S. military, specifically the ground-based ICBMs, the silos they build are all contained within themselves. The operation control, the generator, the backup generator, the backup backup generator, the barbed wire around it, the Marines they have fully deployed full-time on U.S. soil that authorized to kill even if a raccoon or a Russian or a Chinese guy or just somebody wandering over comes into them. They tried to cut costs, I want to say in like the 70s or 80s, and they were like, instead of having a thousand silos with a thousand different operation centers, they're like, what if we just build a hundred and then have a central operation center? And it was squashed because they're like, cause then you just need to nuke the central thing. And you knock the whole thing out. So you want true decentralization. Truly you want people that don't fuck around. I would imagine that use the nuclear missile silo. There is no central point. No one could, not even us. We couldn't disable our own nuclear missile silo. That's decentralization. So I guess that's a good point. If there is that centralized, there's probably a con man. Um, and then I know you got. I'll let you run real quick though. What's uh, what's the future of uh, let's go Brandon coin? 
Yeah, so let's go Brandon Coyne. There's like some litigation that's been filing alleging that I conspired with NASCAR, um, which is just absurd. Yeah, like if you recall, NASCAR had a, in writing approved the sponsorship of Brandon Brown's coin. I've never even spoken to NASCAR personally, right? Like we did a sponsorship agreement with Brandon's NAS, NASCAR team. They submitted it. It was approved. The team sent out a press release, you know, coin soared. Um, the NASCAR leaked it to the media. Um, coin started tanking. The NASCAR maliciously partnered with the, uh, I believe it was the North Carolina LGBT Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, was trolling us on their own social media, um, you know, networks. So uh, I think the intent there to damage the coin is clear. Uh, you know, so hopefully the judge will dismiss the the case against me, alleging that I conspired with NASCAR to, you know, hurt the coin that I was the major proponent of. Um, and then we'll go on the offensive and hold NASCAR responsible because uh, um, I really want to make uh, go woke, go broke a, a truism there because yes. NASCAR deserves it. That that phrase needs to be in bold in a social studies book for some kid in the year 2070. That needs to go down as just like, you know, great society or war defense power. One of the definitions you have to memorize. It should also that should be at the back of the book in fifth grade. Go woke, go broke. It, it financial. Absolutely. And absolutely. And the footnote will say James Catullus. And that's uh, that's Wait, I, I, I can't take credit for it. I mean, I get you got to You got to give some love to DeSantis who. Uh... Uh, in his victory speech, said that Florida is where woke goes to die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and look, if you look this year at, at Disney, Netflix, Meta, um, yeah, you know the the companies that have gone woke, PayPal with their twenty five hundred dollar, we're oh, going to yeah. take twenty five hundred bucks out of your bank account for spreading misinformation. Um, look at all their stock charts, and it's Love you know it, it it is proved to be a truism. These yeah. ones pitching this woke agenda. Um, so, you know, look, we just got to keep fighting. I appreciate you having me on and having guys, uh, you know, like Malone on, um, you know, who, who people want to censor. Um, so I think it shows that we're, we're doing something right. So I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. And this, this is, this is your platform. You come on whenever you want. You got, you got my information. You literally come on here as much as you want. You want to, you get involved with FTX or you want to talk about the, the, the case with uh, NASCAR, dude. This is your pulpit. Come scream on here. I'll sit back, have a cup of coffee. I'll let you take it. I don't care. I don't give a shit, dude. Fuck these people. I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll text Drado and see. Dude, that would be so cool. Please please send him an episode or something. I've, whatever. Send him something cool. That would be because as someone that's been uh, IP banned from YouTube, IP banned from Reddit, and then just normal banned from Twitter and uh, uh, iTunes. Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. I've been a... Uh, I'm texting him right now. Please do, man. That would be we'll so see. cool. Fingers crossed. I got to hop. Thank yep. you for having me. And, Absolutely, uh, man. Know, hopefully we can see some criminal charges in, in FTX. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. I will send you this episode when it's up. It'll be up later today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you do. And uh, yeah, go woke, go broke. God bless America, everybody.